Congratulations, you made it to the XFL. You can sit back and relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. Tonight, we're going to answer the question that we left you with at the end of the last episode. What do we want to see in Tarkov at 1.0, or what needs to be in the game? To get to 1.0, in our opinion, we're going to dive into a new and exciting project that MTB is doing with his live stream, and that'll be posted up on YouTube as it kind of progresses along. That's pretty cool. We're pretty excited about it, and probably many other rabbit holes because we're pretty not good at sticking to the script as always. <laughs> Let's get right into this. And uh, Trigger, what do you want to see in Tarkov for it to be 1.0? Oh, man. So I've thought a lot about this question since we asked it of ourselves and we asked everybody last time on on just what you think about what it means for Tarkov to go 1.0. I guess I have a really hard time just talking about about what I think uh, because we've gotten in the habit over the last few episodes of just being trying to take in all the different perspectives, all the different play styles the different types of games that are out there, how they do things, and really looking at things from a game development standpoint. So I kind of looked at this question through what I believe Battlestate should be looking at and for myself. So for me, if I'm looking at it from Battlestate's perspective, I really think that the seasonal version of Tarkov that we're in needs to become 1.0 really fast. Promote it, get more players in. This six-month wipe cycle is really fleshed out. It does a great job of getting people excited. When it happens, it always draws people in. They understand how to do Twitch drops events with it. They understand how to help their creators during that time period. And over the past year and a half since we've been involved with the game, I can say that I've seen a bunch of content creators like basically get discovered and have their quote-unquote career made through this. And I think it's pretty fun to the point where a lot of people come back and try every wipe. So I think they have something there. I think after that, then they can release expansions. They can do new maps. They can do DLC. It can create additional revenue and money funnels from the game as it currently exists, which can then drive the long term and they can work on the open world and adding to the game. Or maybe it's a separate game. Maybe it's the same exact mechanics and everything else, but maybe they need it to be a separate release. I don't know. You know, I don't know the revenue situation of Battlestate, but I think they may need to take some pressure off and really kind of separate the two concepts. But if I'm looking at the game as it stands right now and what I personally need for it to go 1.0, the things that I'm looking at are quests, quests, quests. There are way too many times, in my opinion, that are rut-prone. There needs to be way more going on, way more objectives throughout the game. The early, the mid-game, 
and they really, really, really have to develop an endgame. There's maybe one thing right now that you could argue is an endgame, but it's just not really clear what that is or what it's supposed to be. And I think if they want to take this game persistent, I think it really does need to be there. And I think it needs to be there for 1.0. The other two that I don't think are as important as quests, but I do think that Arena needs to be there for 1.0. I don't think it needs to be some crazy intricate map. I don't think the rewards need to be completely fleshed out. I just think we need to give people that enjoy PvP and want to test their skill in a fair or fair-ish way. We need somewhere to battle it out. Or for players to say, you know what, I wonder where I stack up. We need to probably have some place for 1.0 where that can happen. Maybe it's customizable game modes on factory or lab or something that could be controlled by the players for PvP. And then rewards. This is my number three. Like currently there's only one big reward in the game and it's the Kappa container. But there's so many other things that could be done in the same vein as Kappa container. They could put a key ring in, right? So you don't have to store them in your secure container. They could do a stimulant pouch, extra pockets. They could do a, you know, a grenade loop or a grenade belt or give some type of incentive to different play styles. There will absolutely be people that try to get every single one, every wipe. That's fine. But task completion isn't for everyone. Maybe there's other things that can be done to reward players for their various play styles. So those are the things that I would want to see for 1.0 implemented in some way. So what about you, man? What's on your mind with this? Oh, man, you said a lot there. And I really want to dive into a couple things that you said and flush out some of those thoughts because they're really good. And I don't want to uh, you know, let them pass by. Before we get into, you know, my list of things, I, you said, mentioned DLC, and I think this is a good spot to camp for a minute. What, in your opinion, is meaningful DLC for Tarkov? What could it be? Like, in my mind, I kind of think like expansions or maps, or what does an expansion look like? What does a map pack look like or something like that? Or, you know, like, you, you don't want pay to win. Like, DLC shouldn't feel like pay to win. So, I don't know. What do you think about that? So, that's a great question because... I think the low-hanging fruit would be maps, right? Releasing a big new map like Streets of Tarkov would be a very good DLC opportunity, I think. And I don't know if it's like they release the map for everyone, but then the DLC is there's an extra portion of the map or something like that. They could do all kinds of stuff with that. What I actually think might be more interesting DLC would be factions, right? They could release the UN as DLC. Right. Rather than just Bear and Usec, what if you could pay five bucks and you could have UN? I don't know. How many different factions could they add to the game as DLC? Nothing crazy, but stuff we've already seen in the lore. What if you could be, oh, what are they called? What are the things that come out at night? (laughs) Oh, the cultists. The cultists. What if you could be a cultist? What if they added in factions and DLC? I don't think it has to just be maps. I think there's a lot of low hanging fruit. That doesn't have to be crazy skins, you know, like a pink nightgown or something like that. I think they could do DLC in the form of maps. I think they could do it in in the form of factions. I think they could do it in the form of voice lines. I think they could do it in the form of camo on guns, like different camo or painting of your guns to customize that. And they'd have to be cautious whenever you get into skins. There might be some that's OP because it offers better visual protection. But in Tarkov, there's already like half the time where you have no idea where you got killed from. 
So I don't think that adding, you know, the ability to customize the color of your gun or paint it or something would really take away from that. And they could keep it in universe and they wouldn't have to go really far out. So I love your question. I think they have so much opportunity for DLC and they already found a way to get people to pay like $120 for EOD. So I don't think adding in smaller stuff now would really, it it may upset people, but I think largely there would be a boatload of people who would take advantage of it. But think about how big of an opportunity they would have to change DLC because most run and gun shooter games, DLC is strictly cosmetic. It, it is the pink dress or it's the, you know, the pink thing hanging off your gun like in PUBG or whatever. But right. what, they have so much opportunity here to change DLC to be something kind of more meaningful to fit in the Tarkov universe because of the way the game is designed. I really think this is a huge opportunity for them to create a, you know, a, a revenue stream to keep the game development going long term and at the same time provide actual interesting value to the players. To that point, something I just said a second ago, they could make massive story arcs or storylines DLC as well. And I'm not saying I necessarily agree with all of this being added to the game. I'm simply throwing it out there as ideas. Because one of the things I don't want to happen, I don't want the vision and the dream and some of the stuff that we joke about with Tarkov to die because they didn't find ways to monetize the game. So would I really want a storyline arc monetized as DLC? No, not really. But I could see them doing it, and it's an opportunity for them that they could lean into any of it. Yeah, I could see Tarkov having several layers, or maybe layers is the wrong way to say it, but several levels of DLC, meaning perhaps they have an expansion pack that is an entire new area like Streets of Tarkov or some something major like that. And perhaps they have an entirely different system, like you mentioned, Arena, that is you buy a different map to play in Arena, you know, or something like that, where it's like an even playing field that maybe isn't the necessarily the hardcore game of losing everything when you die. It's meant just to be the fun mode of Tarkov, right? You know, you could say, okay, there's 12 Arena maps, and, you know, to get access to five more, you, you pay whatever the cost is, 10 bucks or something, you know? And it keeps that stream coming in, but also provides value in an interesting way. Yeah, totally agree. I think there's opportunity there. I'm curious to see if Battlestate will take advantage of the opportunity or if they'll just kind of leave DLC to be map-based at this point. Well, speaking of Arena, I kind of want to break this down because what I don't understand about how Arena would work in Tarkov, so much of Tarkov is based upon getting your kit, killing someone else to take their stuff, right? and maybe accomplishing a task along the way. How do you think an arena mode would work with the average Tarkov player? And what I mean by this is not the guns in the game, not the armor in the game. I'm talking about like the way that we play the game is not an arena way. So we're trained to play the game in a way to survive. And that's not the way that arena is. Arena is throw yourself at the meat grinder and have fun, right? Do you think a mode for Arena in Tarkov with the way that you get conditioned to learn how to play Tarkov, how would you think that'd be received by the the general player base? See, I guess I don't really care about the general player base. I care about the people that enjoy FPS run and gun shooters. And I think there is a huge population of that within Tarkov. And then I think there's a lot of people that just really love the survival and escape, right? The word escape, the do whatever means necessary to survive and escape. And I think that's great. 
I just think that there's a big clash with those two mindsets. And I think having an outlet for Arena, which they've talked about, I guess, if they hadn't already discussed it, I don't think that I would really care that much. But the fact that they've teased it and talked about Arena being a thing is what makes me even think about it. But I think really the the way the large player base would react to it was they'd either be interested or they wouldn't. And I think that's okay. It's kind of like the Kappa container. You're either interested in getting it or you're not. This would just be one of those things that's added later. But I think if Arena was already in the game, you would either play it or you wouldn't. It's not going to like blow anyone's mind that there's Arena. Now, if there's rewards attached to it or experience or whatever, that completely changes it. I'm just looking at it as why doesn't it just be in the game? Maybe it's not even tied to it. It's like you can take your gear in, but you don't lose it, but you can go fight it out. If I have 20 minutes to play the game and I want to play Tarkov, but I can't really do a raid in 20 minutes or I don't want the stress of losing my gear by forcing my way into a raid and rushing out. What if Arena was there where I could go work on my gun skills or test out that new gun I built against other players? You know, there's just opportunity there for it to be in the game in some way. Just shocks me that there's not some basic map where you can go shoot at other players to practice your gun skills and FPS skills in Tarkov. Because right now, to build those skills, you either have to be in raid, which I I, I, like think about it this way. This is the way I look at it. I try to look at it from not my play style. And if somebody doesn't like PvP, that means that largely they'll avoid it or move around it. And I think that's great that Tarkov, you can be very successful doing that. But if you then decide that you want to PvP, if you look at your average raid and say they're 30 minutes long and you have an 80% survival rate, but you don't shoot at many other players, the amount of time you actually have PvPing in Tarkov would be very, very small. So that learning to do that, if you choose to do that as a passive player naturally, is going to be brutal. And there's no way to practice it other than going and doing it, which again, I think is okay. But I think there's a better opportunity to have something in the game where you can go work on your combat skills outside of in a raid. Because right now you're left to go do that in other games. If it's like, oh man, I really need to work on my close quarters PvP. Well, I can go lose a bunch of money and do it in raid, which isn't fun. Or you can go play another close quarters game and really work on peaking angles and stuff like that. So it's, I don't know, I just see it as an opportunity to keep people in the Escape from Tarkov game and not send them elsewhere. See, I think a lot of people who are learning PvP would would play Arena as well. I, I think that would be probably their primary mode. I actually think it would draw a lot of people out of the main game because of how punishing the main game is. I think Arena would draw down the playtime that people actually would play into raids. I don't think it would hurt anything. I just think that it would be used a lot, I guess is my point. Yeah, that's the hard thing, right? It's like, we don't know anything about the queue times, and I wonder if it would hurt it or if it would become popular. It's like, you look at some games that have killed themselves by offering really good game modes. It's like, you know, you don't want to kill yourself by offering something that's too good. That's such a weird design thing to think about. It'd be interesting, too, to have arena mode offer maybe non-player power rewards, but offer some kind of a a system of recognition. And this gets into one of my desires for the game is, you know, we talk about rewards. I, I would really like to see an achievement system in Tarkov that you would be able to earn things that are character specific not necessarily related to how much power you have as a character 
but something that you can collect over time to show that, you know, you've been playing the game through five wipes. Well, here's here's the things that I've done in each wipe. You know, I've already done this. I've done that, you know, and you can kind of build that list of you know, your history of Tarkov and display it in some kind of interesting or meaningful or fun way. I'm not sure exactly how, but that would be an interesting way to uh, to show off what you've done as a reward. As you talked about, there's right now in Tarkov, really the rewards have to do with pushing through all of the content. There really isn't much reward in Tarkov other than getting the Kappa container, which is great, but not necessary. You can buy, basically you can pay to win with EOD and get something that's almost as useful as Kappa, really, realistically. And so I, I think that the reward system really needs to be reworked and, and, and rethought. I really liked your idea about a keyring or a stimulant pouch, something like that. Do you think they could implement that and still keep the balance they have today? Probably not. Um, but I mean, it just depends on what they consider balance worthy and not. I mean, the Kappa container gives you the ability to take three extra slots of something. So you could argue that the Kappa container is the stimulant pouch, right? But not everybody wants to use it for that. They want the space to loot or whatever else. So I guess I just look at it as an opportunity to say, well, maybe we'll incentivize PvP by giving you, you know, a, a grenade belt so that you don't have to take up slots in your pockets or your vest or your rig to do that. Or open, like you said, achievements. I, I didn't even think about achievements in this question, and I totally agree with you. I think that I would love it. I don't want to say it needs to be, but I would love that to be part of the game. Because in a given wipe, if it was like you opened, you know, 1500 locked doors or something, you got a key ring next to your pocket that you could store whatever, you know, like 10 keys in. And then for the players that did that, they no longer need to carry a you know, a sick case or a key tool or whatever. But there's just really cool opportunity in that. So I would combine it and say, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I think all of that could work. And the achievement system is something that we've been harping on for a long time. And I sort of forgot about it in this, but I just think that there's so many things that feel rewarding right now when you do them, but they're wiped away. And I don't think they need to be wiped away. I think there's a way that they could be immortalized in a way that would be meaningful for the entire player base. Yeah, Tarkov is ripe for something that is persistent, like player housing, you know, mechanics in other games. And lots of games do this. This is not a new concept. Lots of games have taken the idea of whatever time a player has put in and the effort that they've put in, they have, we want to encapsulate something that is memorable so that when times come when you're at the lull part of a game or a tough part of a game, you log into your hideout, for example, and you see like something on the wall that is reminds you of when times were good, right? And keeps you motivated to keep logging in. I think Tarkov really has an opportunity to integrate something in that wouldn't change the way that a player has power, but would definitely change perhaps some perception when a player needs a little bit of motivation to keep going. Absolutely. Well, that was a pretty good list. I think uh, we can dive into my list and see how how we end up here, we had some similar things, but some different things too. So my list starts off with, I really want to see more flushed out storylines in the final product of the game. I think that right now the game needs more purpose as you progress. There just isn't enough USEC versus bear stuff to make it meaningful. I mean, you've got some quests between Jaeger and 
peacekeeper and prepper where you know they they insult each other in the quest text or whatever and, and then there's a couple meaningful choices right you turn something into therapist or you turn it into think it's into skier right and you have to make a choice that obviously reduces reputation so there's reputation there i think they could take that system and do a lot more with it and make it a lot more in-depth and interesting as you play the game and along those lines i think the traders themselves could be much more involved in the power progression of your character or in the level progression of your character. Right now, basically, we are limited to go gather a bunch of dog tags of the opposing faction. It's interesting, but it's not interesting over and over and over again. And what if there was certain things that you had to do that were only with the opposing faction? You know, that that once you filled up multiple bars of, of getting tasks done, then you got different rewards, things like that. I, I think that the traders could be even unlocked in different ways. Right now it's simple level gating, but what if it was more about what you did in the game? For example, let's say you go to customs, right? And you you go and you get your shotguns, which is the first task in the game most people do. You go kill your scavs on customs and the scav gives you a shotgun and you, you take apart the shotgun and then you go to whatever trader, Jaeger or Prapper or whatever, and Prapper then sells you shotguns or, or sells you pieces. Like the, the traders are based upon what you've done. And that, that could be kind of interesting. Now that is a very unflushed out thought, but it's something to think about. The traders having a more involved process in how you become more powerful and your access to more powerful weapons. I'd like to see the open world concept tried at least once during a wipe. Granted, this is a a whole episode in and of itself. So I understand that this concept is pretty crazy, but I'd like to see the open world concept tried at least once. And it may be a total disaster, so they don't do it, but it'd be nice to see that tried before the game goes into 1.0. And what I mean by that is be interesting to try a raid, perhaps, that is really longer. You can't have a world that's open 24-7. Tarkov's not designed for that. But you could have raids that you could go in and out of that were maybe had four to six hour raid timers. And you, you, you had instances that you could log in and maybe there's 30 players in the instance or 30 slots, right? Something along those lines. I think that could be interesting to try and maybe play with that concept. I like to see the flea market revamped completely. I, it'd be interesting to me if there was a mini game inside of the game of using the economy. For example, if the traders gave you tasks to use the economy to buy goods that they don't sell, you know, like say if Jaeger gives you a task to buy something that, you know, would normally be purchased from Peacekeeper or something like that, but you have to use the flea market to do it, kind of a complete reversal of the find and raid system, but making the flea market kind of relevant. I think something along those lines would be interesting. Maybe not that specific thing, but something like that. I have a controversial take. I think the game has enough guns for now. (laughs) I'd like to see much more development in just about every other area other than just adding more guns. And I know not everyone's going to agree with that, and I'm fine with that. The hideout, I think, is a completely underused piece of the game. The hideout could be used for so much. I mentioned something about marking your progression from wipe to wipe as player housing, something like that. But what if you had tasks that focused directly with interacting with your hideout that forced you to do things in it? And even take that to the next level. What if on each map, like on Shoreline or whatever, what if there was designated areas that they were the hideout areas? And what if there was a way that you could steal things from other people's hideouts? I don't know how that would work exactly. 
I don't know the details of it, but what if the hideout became something that you had to defend somehow? And I know people are going to say, well, that's like Rust, building a base in Rust. I don't know if it needs to be like that. But my thing is, what if the hideout became something that you could do more with? You know, what if you were in a group with some friends, you could go to your hideout in a raid? You know, maybe you were injured and the hideout area meant that you could go visit your hideout and heal or something. And maybe you had a way that you had to pick a map where you you had your hideout. I don't know. I'm thinking about ways to use the hideout. I really like the hideout concept, and I think it could be flushed out in some more interesting ways, which would make the game have more depth. And finally, I would look at scavs. I think scavs just need to be better overall. AI in shooter games is always such a tricky thing to do because it either gets in the way of good players, like it does in PUBG, like we've talked about uh, in Winter Winter, or it gets used as, you know, just target dummies for people and and they don't realize that they're really not engaging uh, real PvP. Or it's way over-tuned and can shoot you from an absurd um, amount of distance away where you really don't have a way to defend yourself from it. I think Tarkov has got some good AI, actually, uh, for all the AI I've played against. It's not bad. I think that it needs a little bit more variety of gear. When I kill scavs in general, I'm very disappointed that it's basically always the same set of like four or five things. It'd be nice if there was a chance for it to, you know, randomly have really, really good things. There is somewhat of a chance today, but it's really, it's really not consistent, I would say. I'd like to see some work done there. And then I think it'd be really interesting if there was scav squads. And the difference of a squad versus an ally is kind of where scavs come in. Being allied doesn't necessarily mean that you're playing together without being in combat. And this is where I think Tarkov has a unique opportunity. Scavs play together only when they're in combat, right? You aggro one, and then all the other ones around them will come try to shoot at you as well if they can find you, kind of. But if they did things together on the map while they were not in combat, that could be super interesting. What if there was a group of three scavs that were playing together like a like a team working their way through an area, hunting down, and they were actually doing it as as a team, they were working together, they were not just randomly running around until someone got aggroed, they were actually all pointing in the same direction, clearing a building. I don't know how they well they could make the AI do that, but I think this idea of the AI just not being allied, but actually doing something together could be interesting to flush out. And it might not be practical because it may be way too much coding time to make it do that. I think that would be kind of cool. I, (laughs) it's funny how you dug into a bunch of mine and I think you've got a bunch of good ones. Um, The scav one's interesting. I, I've thought that ever since they did the allowing scabs to run and stop and move around, I think that's been really good because it, it'll sort of scare you from time to time. Like, is that a player or is it a scav? Player or scav? I think that dynamic nature of the scavs can be built on, and I think they've done a good job even since we've started playing. I agree. I think they could make it go further. And I love the idea of the, the squads or, you know, just randomizing the encounters a bit. And I don't know what it would take for them to do it, but I do think that there's a huge opportunity in randomizing the encounters on the map. Because even the scav bosses and raiders largely, once you have mastered those types of things, are are pretty easy to fight the same way. And they can do stuff that throws you off your game. But I do believe that random encounters is a huge opportunity. So I agree with you on that. Um, the one that I have a question on, though, 
When you were talking about the, for one, the flea market revamp, I want you to answer some of that. But what do you, when you were talking about the traders being more involved in character progress, like, what do you mean? Like, the dog tag system is definitely one, but was there anything else that you thought about with that? Because that's one where it's like, they're really this huge chunk of the game is your relationship with the trader. But then it's like they give you more stuff to get. But that's really the extent of it is like, oh, cool, I can get more stuff from proper now. You know, so as you play more and more of the game, they're largely like a store, you know. So what did you have other ideas on that? Yeah, I don't think they need to be just a store. I like that they're a store, but I'm almost kind of thinking that they could turn into more than just a quest hub. So let's say you, Prapper, gives you a task to go find a certain amount of ammunition or something. I think that there be, could be a couple of interesting things that traders could do. Like, for, for example, when the traders reset, they run out of certain things, right? So they instantly run out of a certain kind of ammo or something like that. What if when the traders were low or out of an ammo, there was a quest that popped up, or a task that popped up to go find that and turn it into them? And then it, and then the amount of what they had to sell went up by a certain interval. So the people that would want to go farm that could farm it. You could farm XP, turn it in, and the people that want to buy that ammo could buy it then. And then, so what if what if the resets were longer but they were dynamic? I think the traders could have a lot of influence on in the game because you would make a choice: Do I want to just run and gun and spray all this stuff out? You can do that, or is it worth more to me to go? complete the task and keep leveling my character. So I think that that's one interesting area that they could have some influence on how the game is played, and it could be interesting. I also think that the interaction between the traders can be a little bit more interesting, and this comes down to the faction concept that you talked about. Like, what if you bought as a DLC, like the UN faction? Like, we talked about that, right? So then what if Peacekeeper then became much more meaningful along the way, or just had more things for you to do? I, I do agree that the relationship with the traders is in the game right now. But to me, it just feels like largely go kill 10 rats and bring back five years. You know what I mean? It's just not meaningful. And because of the way that you depend upon the traders as you get to max level and what you can do with what they sell you versus what you pick up on the flea market, I think along that progression of your character, there's so many more smaller steps that they could put into place that would make the game much more addicting and more fun along the way. You know, instead of having just these large level one, level two, level three, level four, you're done kind of breaks in your interactions with them. Yeah, that's interesting. I love, love the concept of dynamic stocking events. It feels like they were on to something with the gas shortage. And oh man, I, I love the idea of tying that to a dynamic task system. So not only are you experiencing the in-game shortage, but now you have an option on how to do it. Like, hey, I'm out of gas, but I heard that if, you know, someone's trading this, this, and this for gas, go find it for me and we'll see what you can do. And maybe it's a gamble. Maybe it's, you know, I mean, there's so many things they can do with that. That's a great idea. I love that. I hope that they do something with that system because the dynamic uh, scarcity system in Tarkov with the resets is great. And I think they could build upon that in a way that the community would accept given the parameters of the game, what they're used to playing now. They could build something in there to make the scarcity make sense and then make the restocking events kind of make sense. 
I think Tarkov has got a place for something like that. And you could reward players because it is playing the game along the way. Yeah, I think that's the that's the piece that it's sort of there now is like at the end of the wipe, kind of to wrap up the whole thoughts. I think that's really the opportunity is right now there's some of these systems that work to get players actively not playing the game. Yeah, it's like if you don't have gas and, you know, your generator runs out of fuel. Like if that happens a few times and there's not really a great way for you to get it back, you're not really incentivized to play the game. So I think they could look at some of these ruts or some of the things that players get frustrated with rather than just adding in a new craft, which I think is a really easy way out of some of this stuff. Like, oh, everyone's getting stuck on finding a Ledex, so let's make a Ledex craft. I think they could be doing things that are more dynamic and more fun uh, and keep people playing the game. Which, you know, if, if you get people in raid and doing stuff, the the randomness of the things that can happen is where all of the action and the fun happens. And if you have more reason to be back in a raid, that's that's just better. So I love that concept. And if it's experience and other things involved with it, again, that's just all giving the reward to the player, which feels good. Yeah, exactly. And what if it was something where you, you had to go in and Let's say they're out of BP ammo. Traders out of BP ammo. I'm just making this up, right? And so the idea was go find as much BP ammo as you can, but it has to be off of players. But let's say you found 500 rounds of BP ammo and you had to collect it off players, but that task for that reset was, and it had to be done during that reset. So let's say the reset's only five hours long or something. It's almost like having mini events. And, but it's worth a lot of your time because it could be like that's worth 50,000 XP or something. Right. But this is actually a way that they could dynamically go after the factions like you were talking about. Right. So you said they need something where it means more to be a bear or a USEC. These events could quite literally, not always, but they could do these events where they're le- legitimately opposing things. Right. Where if you're a USEC, you get the task to take BP off of players. And then if you're a bear, they could say kill scabs with BP, right? So that would be likely that bears are in a raid with BP and USEX want to go get it. They could actually influence the faction wars by implementing something like that. That would be so cool, right? Like where you're like, well, if I do this, I got to hunt scabs, but I know that the bears are going to be coming after me because they may have the the task to get BP off of me, right? And and they could do things like you're required to keep it out of your secure container, right? It would need to be achievable some way. But I, and I know you just came up with that example off the top of your head, but what a what a great concept! And the more stuff they do like that, that doesn't hurt PvP. It doesn't hurt anyone's playstyle. It's just they could a, encourage it. It's just <laughs> it's an addition to the game that is optional. And I think they have such an opportunity with the strong foundation of systems they've put into place to build things like that that are designed to use what's already there. Yeah. It's great. I think that's awesome. All right. Well, I think we've uh, oof, we beat that one pretty good. <laughs> I looked over at the clock, too. <laughs> we, we, we beat that one pretty good, but I think it's time. It's time. Well, first of all, we want to know what else we missed, you know, what What does everybody think about this? Let's get some episode feedback on what do you think, in your opinion, does Tarkov need before it goes 1.0 or in the final 1.0 release? You know, take our ideas, tell us if we're right, tell us if we're wrong, whatever. 
Let's have some discussion about it, as always. It's always a good time. But as promised, we do need to talk about a awesome project that Trigger has started. And so I'll let you kick this off. Tell us about one task at a time. Yeah, so <laughs> it's uh, it's for, it's been pretty good. Uh, one task at a time, is, it's been good. It's also been miserable in some ways. So to explain what it is, I decided to reset my account which I hadn't done before, but you basically go into the Tarkov website, click your reset account button, and then it asks you if you are sure you want to do that. And so you type your character's name in, I think, and it literally resets your account to level one as if you were first logging into the game. And to my surprise, though, the settings were actually the same. I actually anticipated having to go through and do my sensitivity, my keybinds, and all of that stuff. But all of that stayed it was just my PMC was completely reset back to one. So no Kappa container, no elite level endurance, all that kind of stuff. So um, to your point, it is a project. And the reason I did this, the reason I reset my account was we, we get a lot of questions in Discord. We see a lot of people talking about it, but we also get emails and messages about um, the guides, right? And we've, we've done some guides and we kind of go in and out of them, but there's a lot of questions around the beginning of the game. So Ronald and I had been thinking and talking about it for a while, and I wanted to do something that was raid focused, right? I didn't want to necessarily do efficiency guides because efficiencies change all of the time. And I wanted to do something that was kind of a challenge for myself. Um, I enjoyed watching hardcore accounts, but I wasn't super into that. So I had this desire to make some guides, but I also had the desire for challenge. So I basically created one task at a time and I decided I was going to stream it or at least record every single raid, the good, the bad and the ugly. Now that you've heard about this on the podcast, we'll start getting those out on the YouTube channel. There's quite a bit of content already for it. And once this goes live, we'll, we'll get that up on YouTube. So make sure you go check out uh, the YouTube channel for that. But the idea is pretty simple. No crafting for tasks. Everything has to be done in raid. No flea market for tasks besides the gunsmith. So the gunsmith tasks, unfortunately, are largely just go to the wiki and figure out how to do it for most people. And I think trying to run down items uh, would get just way beyond the frustration level that I want to deal with. So the gunsmith task, I'm going to use the flea market to just get done. But then the big part of it is only accepting one task at a time. So doing it in raid and one at a time. So I'm a couple hours into this at this point and no keeping items for future tasks. So when I see a flash drive or a Saliwa or whatever, knowing that those tasks are coming up, those I just sell them. I sell them to therapists or I use them for barters or I actually use them in raid. So it's getting it done while I have the task. And again, the, the sub goal is to give people a vision into how to do these things in raid because the first time you go through some of this, you'll accept a task for the very first time as a new player and be like, okay, how do I do this? <laughs> And and that was kind of the goal, especially with the early tasks. But then moving into the mid game too, there's a lot of these tasks that we don't plan for. Like the, this wipe, I forgot about a couple tasks and had to start them right then. So yes, there are some ways to do it with the hideout and trading and flea market, but that's not what this is. This is about in raid accomplishing of things. Absolutely. We've taken a lot of time over you know, the past year of doing this, year and a half, to try to give people guides on efficiency, like you were saying. I'm pretty excited to see how this goes. And I'm also excited because this is an interesting way 
to spend the end of the wipe for you. So, I mean, you know, it's always fun to do something that's fun at the same time. So what is honestly so far doing this guide and doing this, you know, I'll call it task series. What was the most surprising thing about just picking up one task and not picking up the rest of them? Like, how did that feel? Because you were so used to like clicking as many things and being as efficient as possible. Like, take us through that moment where you reset your account and then just accepted one task. Yeah, I learned a lot about myself doing this in terms of how I've approached Tarkov. I'm a pretty hardcore gamer. I mean, I don't play a ton of games, but the ones I do, I aim to be very good at. And I realized that I largely did things uh, to be as efficient as possible. So doing things one quest at a time, like the first time I got a Saliwa when I had debut, which is the kill five scavs on customs and kill and find two MP133s. That when I did that and I found a Saliwa in my very first raid and I knew I could have accepted that task from therapist, I my heart sank, right? And then I found a flash drive on factory. Like it, it was very interesting because I'm like, oh, I could just save this. Oh, wait, right? It really challenges just like everything about it or like internally, like how I normally play the game. The other thing that I noticed is when you don't have a few tasks active, you remove the random element. I don't want to say everyone relies on, but how many of us can say, oh, yeah, I was working on blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I found a flash drive or I found a vertex or, you know, some crazy like thing happened and you just happened to have that quest or you knew that quest was coming. So you saved it. I'll tell you, man, as soon as that stuff started happening, I don't want to say it was like painful, but man, it was hard to just, oh, I've got a found and raid Saliwa. I need to go use that <laughs> because it it just challenged everything I've taught myself about this game because some of that stuff, you don't realize how long it takes when you're just looking to do it. Like it took me like eight raids to find the second MP133. It was wild. Yeah, that's crazy. But I wonder if, and this is kind of the thought I had kind of watching you do this on Twitch. I was wondering if it's almost interesting and somewhat freeing to just use whatever you find and not worry about it. And I was wondering, is that true or not? Absolutely. Two things. It's very freeing to not have to like save stuff, right? So every barter item I looted, I'm just selling. So that way I can buy stuff from the traders and and whatnot, and then get gunsmith done as that stuff comes up. But outside of that, it, it is very freeing because like, yeah, I'm just using what I what I come across. I don't have all of the meta guns and stuff unlocked anymore. So I don't have the level of gear I was used to. So it has me using stuff in different ways. And I know I'm not going to progress the traders as quickly. Because I'm not going to be doing, I'll probably be very high level before I get enough reputation for a lot of the traders to get uh, different gun parts unlocked. So I've been using shotguns and pistols and using the scav. Like it's it's been really good. And uh, the other part of it too is all of the different strategies, right? Like in my mind, I came up with two or three options to do something. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, this just isn't working. I need to think of how else could I accomplish this? And so far, it's been the how else could I do this that has been super successful for me. And it is not the way I would approach it if I had a bunch of tasks active, which is super interesting. 
I think from a learning standpoint, I've already learned more about the early tasks than I did doing them the previous three wipes. So doing this task the way that you have, you know, the first task, let's just talk about the shotgun task. What do you think that you've learned the most that could help someone who's new to the game? I think if you're trying to find a find and raid gun that is available on a scav, the thing that I realized I could do was, and this is what wasn't how I approached it. My, my thought was kill scavs and loot scavs. And the best way I knew how to do that was go into factory and create a pile of dead scavs or scav into factory and find a big pile of scavs. But the thing that really worked for me was scaving into a map and then running around using the AI mechanics where scavs don't aggro other scavs unless you perform a hostile action. So what I did was scav in and then I just sprinted around interchanges where I did it. And I just looked for other scavs. I would go from every place I knew where scavs could spawn. I just jumped from each one to the next one. And I just walked up to them and looked at what gear they were wearing. And I did it with the shotguns. I did it for the 3M armor, which is the white armor you need to collect for a task. And (laughs) that's just not the way I would have approached it before. I would have just got those quests done as I was doing other things. So for me, it was, gosh, if I need to find something on a scav, I'll probably do that. That's how I'll use my scav runs. I'll just run around the map trying to see if they're there. Because once I found somebody with a shotgun, I just made sure there was no other scavs around, killed that scav, took the shotgun and got out of there. I, I mean, I was just like dumbfounded when I realized I could do it that way. I think it's super interesting uh, what this project is kind of yielding. I mean, we are going to be able to really help people figure out where to find these things. Think about how different you're playing and, and maybe talk about that a little bit. Because like you said, you, you mentioned using scav runs like that. And normally, you go in as a PMC, you're very good at FPS, you just wipe the floor with the map and then get out. And you know, it's super interesting because when you talked about guides and we were discussing this concept, guides are great, but it's really hard for somebody who has little experience in a game to replicate something they see in a guide. And there's a difference (laughs) between a guide and something that can actually show you how to do something. And so I, I, I just want to hit on that because that is the motivation of this. So if you can talk about a little bit of how you play differently when you're singular minded, single goal versus, you know, having that that stack of tasks. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very different. Um, rarely did I actually sit down and think about all the ways I could accomplish a task. I would and I even started this trying to fit my play style or fit doing one task at a time into my play style. And there will be tasks that are very easy because of my play style when I do one task at a time. But it's things like I use my scav runs for maximizing value and hideout progression, which doesn't matter in this playthrough for me. So going on to interchange and running around as a scav looking for other scavs, I've never done that. I always went to interchange, went to Ollie, maximized the loot on every single slot that I could and trying to just maximize my either flea market money coming in by selling all of it or stacking up items that I needed for hideout progression. And and that's just how I scabbed this entire wipe up until I did the reset. So it's forcing me to do things different than I would ever do them. But also, I had to come up with four different strategies to get these shotguns. My first thought was, like I said, PMC on factory, create a pile of bodies. 
Second thought was scav in as a, or, you know, go in as a scav and, and lurk around the map and see if I can find a bunch of dead scavs from other PMCs. Look for a shotgun that way. Third thought was, well, I need custom scavs kills, so maybe I should just look for the shotguns that way. And I was looting weapons, crates, and doing that on factory as well. And then I finally thought like, well, maybe I should just scav on any map and go hunt scavs. And that's what worked. And even then it took a few tries. It actually took three raids to get that to work successfully, but it ultimately ended with me getting the task done. But that, I mean, it took a, a significant number of raids to get it done. And I think it was really cool because I just know that when I was learning these tasks the first time or someone was helping me or whatever else, you don't have the knowledge of all of the maps and all of the different things. So for me, working through those things and trying to figure out, okay, how else can I get this done? It's almost taking me back to that like initial stage of like, okay, is there a really effective way to do this? Or is it just kind of luck based? Can I improve my odds in any way? And then going and testing out those theories. And some of my theories were horrible. <laughs> you know, like uh, being able to kill a bunch of PMCs and scavs on a freshly reset account. I had a couple really good raids when I did that, but I also struggled when, you know, somebody with a KS shotgun came in and flashbanged me and my, you know, my shrimp. <laughs> it was pretty, uh, I had that happen a couple times. It was not super fun, <laughs> but that's where we are in the wipe. So, you know, even if it is the most efficient way, it might not be possible depending on where you're at with your gear. So it's a it's a very, very interesting experiment that I'm really enjoying, actually. So where are you at right now at the time of uh, episode 71? Where's the project at? It's task number two, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm like six hours in, I would say. And I completed debut. So I've I got the five scav kills. I got the two MP133s, and then I've got the next task going, which is find the 3M armor and the Taws. And I've got the 3M armor, found it, and turned it in. So now I need to find a, a Taws found in Raid to complete that one. Which, again, I think that one's going to be relatively easy, just because it uses the same strategy uh, or could use the same strategy that I learned with the MP133. So... Uh, the last time I logged out of the game, I had just got the 3M armor. Sounds good. I really look forward to seeing how that ends up. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of frustration and getting through that and, you know, dying. Uh, I haven't died with a, a task item yet, so I haven't experienced that in this playthrough. But uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to finish this up. And I'll just say it again, all these raids in its entirety will be up on YouTube. I'll post every single raid. You'll hear my thought process going into raids, coming out of raids, during them, on why I'm doing what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, what worked, what didn't work. We'll edit out some of the dead zones, but it's not going to be like high action stuff. It's going to be how you actually work through these tasks. And then once I complete each task, we're going to be working on guides for them as well. So they may have to be a little dynamic as they change over the wipes, but you can expect those things to come out. Yeah, so it's really the beginning phases of it. That's one task at a time, but we kind of we kind of talked about where we want the game to be. We kind of talked about how we could see a bunch of different stuff changing, and I don't think we had anything super radical. I mean, that's the beauty of where Tarkov is right now. This game is great. You can choose to play it however you want. You can 
play it one way, reset your account, play it another way. And they can use the systems that are already in the game to drive more engagement, to really give this game legs and go way into the future with it. And I think that's what's exciting about it. And it's just fun to start a new project in that same vein. So I think we hit everything we want to hit. And I'm I'm starting to see that little green bar flash above me. And, you know, normally Ronald's the one that sees the bar, but I'm I'm charging to the exit tonight. <laughs> to to save him and uh we're we're going to exfil successfully but i just want to invite everybody that's hearing this the best way to get in touch with us is always through discord uh you can tag mtb trigger or ronald there we're on twitter ronald gaming mtb trigger i stream a couple times a week at mtb trigger on twitch and if you want to email us something a little more formal or that's just your preferred way to communicate xpmedia2020 at gmail.com is the best place to do that. But I just want to say a sincere thank you to everybody who's been listening, who finds the show in the future, and for being a part of the Xfil community. There's always a link to the Discord. We've got well over 2,000 people in there now, always active, always people willing to help. Uh, so if you're looking to squat up or you just need some help or you want to talk about the game when you're on a break or whatever else, that's the best place to do that. But uh, remember, you can find the show on YouTube. You can find it on every single audio podcast platform out there. And if we're not on it, let us know. We'll figure out a way to get on there. It's been a while since we've been asked to get on one. I think we've pretty much got on all of those. So check out the YouTube. There's going to be a bunch of new content up there like we talked about tonight. It's youtube.com forward slash XP media now. Leave a comment. Give us feedback in Discord. But as for this week, everybody, that is all we got. So good luck in your raids. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. We'll see you. See you, everybody.